Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we are continuing the conversation on forgiveness. We've spent the last few weeks as a church in a series called Hurt, a candid conversation on being hurt and hurting others. And in the last message of that series, we showed a video of Pastor Jason interviewing three experts Uh, what we would consider experts on forgiveness. And they are beloved members of Bethlehem Church, uh, Jim and Susan Litchford and Dr. Ken Miller. With us today on Beyond Sunday is Dr. Ken. We are so honored to have him in the Beyond Sunday studio with us today, live and in person. Uh, Dr. Ken has over 30 years of experience as a counselor, 11 years as a licensed professional counselor, and 19 years as a pastor uh, doing pastoral counseling. He currently serves as an assistant professor at Liberty University and clinical director at the Ministry Village in Barrow County. He is, like I said, a member of Bethlehem Church for many years, and he means so much to our staff. Dr. Ken, welcome to Beyond Sunday again. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for letting me talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Thanks for being here. Sure. And fun fact, um, so I'm also joined in the in the studio with Shane Crow, Pastor Shane. You can say yes, hi. I'm, yes, I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, Pastor Kevin is on the on the Beyond Sunday podcast as always. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, also, you guys, this is not Dr. Ken's first rodeo, so to speak. Uh, first time on Beyond Sunday. We did a podcast with Dr. Ken and Shane's wife, Rebecca Crow, mm-hmm. uh, licensed professional counselors. And My this better was, half. Yeah, yeah, she's, sure. uh, she's really cool. We did, a, we did a podcast with them during the pandemic, and it was how to uh, take care of our mental health during a pandemic. That was about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. So it seems go back like a and, long time ago. And it feels like an eternity. So we wanted to continue this conversation. Uh, we talked to Ken, we talked to you a lot about um, mental health um, as, as believers, as Christ followers. This is a really important conversation. Mm. Um, so in your experience, how often, to talk about how forgiveness is tied to a person's mental or emotional struggles? Like how often do you see this? Almost every client that I see. Wow. Um, if you think about it, we all, it's like Pastor Jason says, we've, we've all been hurt at some level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that, I'll just put it this way. I, I offer forgiveness therapy. Yeah. For every client that I see, because I know that there's something that they need to process and that unforgiveness feeds so many um, unhealthy emotional states. Um, and even if that's not the, the presenting issue, it eventually gets back to, well, I have relationships with either my spouse or a family member or mm-hmm. somebody at church hurt me or mm-hmm. my neighbor's a jerk or whatever, right? right? Um, and it's, it's, it's so important to me. I I get the honor of training new counselors. Hmm. And so 
uh, all of my students, if they come through my class, uh, they get at least one lecture on how to use forgiveness therapy with their clients. That's how much I don't get much time with them. Yeah. But because it's so important, that's that's in a top three for me. Wow. Of what they learn about a specific treatment modality. So would you say that how often is it the presenting issue when they come to you and say, hey, I need some help with unforgiveness? Um, or is there other things that they're coming for and you just know that that's going to be part of it? Yeah. So if they're depressed, um, you know, you always want to be mindful that that depression, since it's a past thing, you know, because like I said, yeah, on the on the video, I think that yes, depression is something that's a how come. Yep. That's a past thing. How come this happened? And, you know, when people ask how come or why, that's always uh, an indicator of something needs to be forgiven at some level. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's just so depression is really kind of one of those things where I really my clinical awareness is up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, anxiety, especially anger. Yeah. Uh, anger, a anger is a real determinant of, it can be a real determinant of if somebody's really struggling with unforgiveness mm -hmm. because it, uh, it's just the way that, that the nervous system works. And yeah, and that's, that's, that's that. Yeah. I've, I've heard depression, um, as described as it's anger turned inward. Yeah. Would you say that that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so there's a, there's something that we, we tend to do as human beings. Um, we, we tend to either pursue health mm -hmm. or we avoid pain. And, you know, we all engage in pain, right? We all have yeah. pain. We can't right. get away from it. Right. Um, and typically we avoid it. Yeah. And, um, right. and I get that from, uh, there's a bunch of guys that develop something called acceptance and commitment therapy and, and Hayes is the primary guy, but, the reason I like it, first of all, it's clinically, nothing's clinically bulletproof, but it's really, really good in the literature. It's very, very strong treatment modality. But I like it because they base it on the concept of emotional pain is born out of Genesis 3. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this a lot and I, I talk about it a lot because it's just, it's from scripture, right? So you know, God goes into the Garden of Eden. Adam, you know, what's going on? Uh, where are you? He says, well, I was, I was afraid. I was ashamed. Yeah. And so I hid, right? I so hid. fear, shame, and isolation. Yep. <clears throat> um, and that's an immediate response is to want to avoid yeah. the pain that comes with either guilt or shame mm -hmm. or any kind of pain that we, so it's a natural response. So we tend to avoid things. And that's why, that's why it's so important to help people begin to engage their pain of unforgiveness mm -hmm. to actually pursue it. Yeah. And, um, and I just don't, I don't think that that's something that, that, that the church, they haven't known how to do that. Right. right. That's true. Yeah. They haven't, they, I mean, if you listen to, to people preach forgiveness, it's theologically on point. Yes. For the most part. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, it's like spot on. They, they take, you can't not, you, you can hardly mess that one up in scripture. I don't think. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I may have heard it down a time or two. But. Right, right. <laughs> but but it's one of those things, and and we've we have all these emotionally unhealthy people sitting in the church mm. that that are struggling with the pain and anger. Mm-hmm. You know, they're running from the anger. So back to your, I kind of went a really long way around to get That's to your okay. question. So the, the we anger is is um, if suppressed, if not addressed, turns into depression. Right. And so we avoid that, and we don't know how to how to clean up that anger. How to say, okay, I understand why that happened to me, and it's a, it, it all boils down to making a sen- making sense of it, and making meaning of it. Was that helpful? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, it is yeah. because I'm also thinking of two, like uh, so. You know, we talk about in psychology and uh, the stages of grief. And I remember it being kind of a a big revelation for me when I realized like anger is one of those stages of grief. Yeah. So really anger is something that you've, it's a wound. It's a, it's something that you've experienced either a, you know, aggression or hurt that you've experienced and you're kind of stuck. If you're in that anger, you're, it's almost like you get stuck in one of the stages. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you think about it, one of the things that we don't do and again, I, I, it's like I have this album, I'm using a very old term for, for those of you that are <laughs> under 40 years old, there's something called a vinyl record <laughs> yeah. that we used to listen to. They came yes. back a little. Um, and uh, it can get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you hear the same thing over and over again. Well, our brain does that unless mm-hmm. we tell our brain not to. Yeah. So we get in an anger thought pattern and we, we replay the hurt over over and over and over again and what happens is is that uh we essentially keep activating our nervous system as if it had just happened and we don't we don't use that we don't Mm -hmm. think about how how the the body soul spiritual thing actually works and it's actually in scripture so again first thessalonians 5 23 i would that you be sanctified in your spirit and your soul and your body Mm I mean, there's such an interconnectedness between what we do theologically and spiritually and what happens emotionally. Absolutely. And we don't think about, and we think, well, that's just anger or that's just anxiety or that's Mm -hmm. just sadness or depression. Well, your brain and your nervous system plays an integral part in that. And we think, well, I'll just, I'll just say, I forgive somebody. And we don't take into account that it takes your, it takes your brain a while to readjust, yeah. to think through some things. Yeah. And that's something that's, that's really, it's, it's really profound mm-hmm. in the scientific literature. Right. And if it's not stopped, it becomes subconscious. Like you don't even, your, your body will go into that. It'll become your normal and, and you'll respond to that, to, to those same things the same way over and over and over again until you're not even yeah, let me just give Realizing a personal, you're doing it. Yeah, so personal experience. Mm-hmm. I, I developed a significant anger mm. and lack of unforgiveness in myself uh, when I was younger. Yeah. And it affected me physiologically. It affected my cortisol levels. My cortisol levels then affected my blood pressure. My yeah. blood pressure then affected my cholesterol. Um, I was more prone to inflammation. Mm. And and I, f- I, I was generally more unhealthy because I had what Dr. Doctor, what Pastor Jason talked about, the root of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had this root of bitterness that was causing me physical 
um, discomfort and, you know, I had to start taking blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I look back, were there other, were there other contributors to that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There were life stressors. You know, I was raising, you know, two girls, which that'll stress out anybody, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but then you go, okay, wait a minute. As I look back, I'm like, my, my unforgiveness, the root of bitterness that I, that I chose to develop, um, really caused me a lot of physical pain and discomfort. And if you look in the literature, there's so much good literature out there. If you, is it okay if I go down a rabbit hole? Yeah. Please. Yeah. So there's a there's a couple of good studies. Uh, one of them, both of them are 2019, strangely enough. But one of them was by Lee and, uh, Enright, which they're two really big um, forgiveness researchers, and they did a, a statistical analysis of a hundred and like 138 forgiveness studies, and that particular study had like 58,000 total people in it. And people like, wait a minute, forgiveness therapy is, is studied like that? Yeah, like for over 30 years. Wow. Um, and then there's another one by Rasmus and a bunch of his colleagues of like 108 studies with about 30,000 people. So basically over 83,000 people that were studied in between both of these studies. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the link between uh, forgiveness and physical health is so positive. Wow. In other words, when you begin to forgive, your medical conditions begin to improve. Hmm. Your cortisol levels go down. Your cardiovascular system begins to heal. Um, you're less prone to inflammation. And it's, it's remarkable yeah. that, that that's out there yeah. and that that's a fairly strong, uh, sample right yeah from a statistical yeah. point of view with evidence but yeah and yeah. so i'm like <laughs> that's why i want to do the podcast wow. because i'm like let's get this out to people go look there's there's it's not just because you're not doing some things eating well right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're not feeling well and you've got a high blood pressure if you've got if your blood pressure is high things like that you know look at what's going on spiritually there's such a, a a deep tie to that yes physiologically and i just have to say like as you're saying this when you understand kind of the science and the data behind it it helps you understand even the command that jesus gives to forgive yeah. when he says forgive as a command it's not just you better forgive because if you don't i'm going to be angry or upset at you it's this uh, you forgive because when you do all of these benefits We'll, we'll, you, you'll have all these benefits. Right. John 10, 10. Freedom. <laughs> John 10, 10. Yeah. I want you to have life and have life. it to full. That's yeah. right. It's, it's for our it's good. Really it's for mm-hmm. our benefit that he gives us the commandment yeah. and That's wants us to take point. it so seriously. Well, I just, I, I well th- it gives you the, the understanding of this is the, this is the heart of our father, God. He loves us that much. Can I chase another rabbit? Go for it. Chase it. <laughs> so <laughs> rabbits run around. We everywhere. are good at that. <laughs> I have this, I have this fundamental belief. Mm-hmm that Jesus had one job mm-hmm. and his job was to come and forgive sin so that the, the, the fracture, the, the rip, the tear, the, the dismemberment of our relationship with God, the father could be restored. Right? Yeah. So here's, here's Jesus. And he, he becomes flesh. Mm-hmm. He dwells among us. That's John chapter one. Um, and he dwells among us. It's, it's one of those things where, 
we go, we don't really understand it. Yeah. How God would embody himself. Yeah. Um, but then you look at Philippians chapter two and it's the kenosis passage where he mm. gave himself up and he actually, and I don't understand all the metaphysics, right? Sure. I'm, you know, a bit of a theologian, but I don't understand all that. But he came and he, be, he became one of us so that he could see things from our perspective, if right. you will. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so he did that. So let me, let me see what's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Let me see how this works. And in the end, he's like, they are worthy of forgiveness. Yeah. And so he had, I feel like that was his primary role. Well, I go to John chapter 20, where he says, you know, he's, the, the disciples are sitting there by themselves. They're, they're, they're wrecked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're in so much distress. Mm-hmm. And he walks through the wall and he says, peace be with you. Mm-hmm. And then he says, as the father sent me, I'm sending you. Yeah. And this may be a little bit, of theological gymnastics for some people. But for me, I'm like, okay, if Jesus, his primary mission was to forgive. Mm -hmm. And if he said, as the father sent me, I'm sending you. Then one of my primary functions as a human being that's redeemed by the blood of Christ is to forgive. Mm. That should be a mindset that I should come to life with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard to do, man. It took me a long time long time it is and, and that's uh, yeah i, I feel I mean, what like what do you guys think about that i i mean are you buying what i'm selling because i'm like that just makes sense to <laughs> sold. me so i do sold. have a, you went over you just you before we chased that rabbit you talked about the benefits of forgiveness yeah like, there's the the, the, physical the physical piece benefits. to it um and then b- before you before you went down that road you t- you said a phrase that you chose you made a choice of bitterness Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. So can can you chase that a little? Yeah. So uh, the more I begin to become emotionally healthy as a as a middle aged human being, like twenty years ago, um, I begin to see that my emotions were my choice. Yep. We don't like that. We don't like to say that. No, because <laughs> because we in in in, in <clears throat> clinical psychology. In, in, in my world of, of mental health, we call that fusion, cognitive fusion, where we okay. fuse our identity with an emotion. Like it's a common phrase now to say for people to say my anxiety yeah. mm-hmm. or yeah. my depression. Attach identity to Or my it. ADHD. Yeah. Like it's like, that's just who I am. Yep. Well, really, your anxiety is a function of your nervous system. Mm-hmm. It's not your identity. Mm-hmm. Preach. And so we, mm. we have part of the process in... I think the Christian life, and that's why these these conversations are so important. Mm-hmm. That when people sit in our offices for either pastoral or clinical counseling, go and they're and they're you can tell that they're wrapped up in their in with their emotions identity. You can go, hey, you know, let me just kind of let's talk through that. Yeah, and and let let's help you let's help you see that 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 maybe that's not that case. Um, that's not the case. So I do get to choose because it's a function of my nervous mm-hmm. system. Yeah, I actually get to choose that because the the prefrontal cortex, which is that's our executive function, that's where we that's where you know, <clears throat> consequential thinking, um, you know, logic, all right. that. That's yeah. where we go. I get to choose mm-hmm. my emo. I don't get to choose whether I'm activated emotionally. Like I don't get to choose if I get anxious. I don't get to choose if I if I'm sad or if I'm depressed. Well, yes, a little bit, but. Because your, your your nervous system is just, it gets activated, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. 
Now, what we what we don't nobody taught us this, right? It's like why don't why don't we teach this? It's like yeah, I'll go on your podcast because I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we, um, I'm just in there that we need to do this like weekly. <laughs> we need to have you on more often. Yeah. And I'm like, so <laughs> if 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 it's really a choice, which it is, yeah. and if it's a function of your of your nervous system, then we get to choose. Not that we're activated, right? Let's get back to that. So we all get activated. Yeah, but we right. don't. But and, and we're like, well, that's just going to happen. I just have to live with that. Well, you have to live with being activated. What you don't have mm. to live with and what you do have control over is the intensity and duration of that activation. Wow. Right. That's good. Wow. That's good. Uh, and let me, let, me, um, let me add something because when, uh, when people, because we've all heard the phrase, and I've actually used the phrase, is that people, um, they'll say, well, you made me angry. Mm-hmm. Or you did this yeah. and I wouldn't get like this if you wouldn't do this. So mm-hmm. we leave the, so what we're, my translation to that is that you have the power to make me angry and I make, I choose my decisions because you make me angry. Yeah. I'm choosing to, I'm choosing to just basically stay in the activated level that you, that you put me in. Cause yeah, people are going to make us angry. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, sure. our kids make us angry yeah. our coworkers do, or, you know, the guy Amen that cuts his that. off, right? <laughs> you know? Um, right. I'm looking but at that. But I have the power. So I love that because I love what you said because I have the power. And 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 after this Hurt series and, and definitely after this podcast is that I hope people realize more is that they have the power to release that anger and that bitterness yeah. and to help themselves get not only emotional, mental health, health healthier, but also physically healthier. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Ken, I want you to elaborate on this. And maybe you did in, uh, in some of the conversations with pastor Jason uh, earlier, but God, God uh, instilled drugs in our brains, natural drugs like serotonin, endorphins, mm-hmm. um, all the dopamine, all these things to be released properly to balance us out, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I get like sometimes like just like uh, some people have uh, physical malfunctions and things like that. There there are malfunctions of the brain that that we can't control, right? Mm-hmm. But we can do things like spend time and get vitamin D and sun to get serotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, do mm-hmm. things to uh, to amp up or add yeah. dopamine. Yeah. Um, because Exercise. God gave us those chemicals, and and those are natural chemicals. Mm-hmm. And can you can you expound a little bit on how healthy and how unhealthy they can be based off of our decisions sometimes? Yeah. So if yeah. we choose unforgiveness, then we're going to ramp up to a large degree the cortisol levels in our brain. And there's yeah. a lot of research, a lot of good literature about that. And so they actually did studies, they did blood tests of people. So when they're really, un, when they have a lot of unforgiveness, they have a higher cortisol level. Mm-hmm. It's just how it works. Which you would describe cortisol as stress? Cortisol is the stressor uh, chemical in the brain. Yeah. It, and it's it's there for a purpose. It actually helps us respond to, to real threats. Right, right. right. Um, but what, <laughs> I'm going to use a phrase I use with my clients all the time. You know, unfortunately... We don't, we live in a stressful world, Yep. but we don't live in a world where we're usually under 
personal attack or need to be physically safe, right? We're not being yeah. chased so by we, lions everywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we think, so I use, I use this phrase, um, we take a text that, that, that frustrates us as a saber tooth tiger with a chainsaw chasing us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when it's huh. really just, they said something that was a little bit rude. Right. Right. But we let it affect us <laughs> and choose to let it affect us at a level that just, that your cortisol level goes out the ceiling. It's disproportionate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. a beautiful word. I was like, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. So it's wildly disproportionate, I would say. Yeah. To what it should be. So it's a dis, I'm so glad you said that. A disproportionate uh, reaction to basically the activation that we've been presented with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the cortisol levels go really, really up. And what that does, if it's if it stays at a high level, it directly affects the cardiovascular system because that it's designed to get the, to jumpstart the cardiovascular system when we need it. Right. Mm. To flee to safety. Like, yeah. like, like if I'm running. <laughs> fight, fight, or yeah. Yeah. So Please. if I'm running and a dog, you know, not somebody's not taking care of their dog and it runs out to me when I'm running a downtown winder, mm -hmm. um, cortisol kicks in. That happens. <laughs> and the breathing goes crazy and my gut begins to react a certain way. And so my body begins to perform in such a way that I'm in danger, mm -hmm. even though I may not be in danger. It may just be a, a harmless little dog that, you know, just wants to come chase me. Right. Um, and that's where I get to decide my level of act. I don't decide my activation. I get to decide my level of, of intensity and duration. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I do it with that, why don't I do it with other stuff? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, the, the it, was that helpful? No, Is that yeah. where you want me to go so, with that? So going back to that analogy, if you see, like, let's just say you hear something chasing you in your mind, you think, oh my gosh, it's a 200 pound pit bull. You turn around and it's a dog barking at a bird and it's a little 10 pound dog. Mm -hmm. Well, then you make the choice in your head. Okay. Gear it down. But we like, it's, it's almost like subconsciously. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't say, okay, take it down a notch, take a deep breath. It's not a big deal as we thought it. It's not, it's not as big of a deal as we thought it was. It's empowering. I yeah. mean, it really does. It, it's, it's helping us. And, and this is in Christ, you know, what, what we're promised is that we're no longer, um, you know, we're no longer slaves. We are no longer victims, but we are victors. Yes. We have, we have victory. Mm -hmm. So it's giving us the power to, to make those choices. Yeah. So if we go back to the pursue or, or, uh, or avoid thing that I talked about earlier. Yeah. I don't know why, but even in, in the Christian world, we, we become very reactive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so when I heard you talk about, you know, we're not slaves anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and you think about how, how the scriptures that we get from Paul and, and how Christ talks to us, it's really actually really empowering. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Now, hey, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be mm -hmm. transformed by the, re renewing, the renewing of your mind. Like you take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a key word for sure. Yeah. You take responsibility. Yep. Um, let, let's go one step further. I'm going to, I tell my clients, I'm going to Jesus juke you. And that just means <laughs> that I'm going to bring scripture in and integrate it into I the. I love it. So, so if you, Second Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says, and that's that. That's a spiritual warfare passage, and we could go into that too. But at the end of that, it says, "So, so take every thought captive, captive to the obedience of Christ." And most of us who are sitting around in this podcast, we immediately think, 
well, I'm going to take all the immoral, ungodly, impure thoughts, and I'm going to take those captive. Right. Mm-hmm. But it says take Every, every thought that's a big big word yeah. that's an all-encompassing word it's and that's not a big talking, task <laughs> yeah it's not just it's not just talking about the impure thoughts yeah it's talking about um am i going to let my spouse's words that they just spoke to me pierce me to my soul because mm. it was hurtful mm-hmm. or i'm going to choose to to view what they said in a different perspective or at least try to view it from their perspective yes mm-hmm. so yeah. if we take and i uh, you can't see it because we're we're not we're not a video. But if if you reach out your hand like you're going to grab something, mm-hmm. I, I it's like okay, let's take that thought captive. Yep. And then it's like I've got my clint my fin <laughs> my fist clenched. Yep. And so like I've got that thought captive. Now I'm going to open it up and I'm going to inspect it. Mm-hmm. So what's really going on with this thought? Mm-hmm. Mm. I get to choose how I react to that thought. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't have the right to just penetrate me. And that's why we're not, we're not enslaved to how either nobody taught us how to do things or we're not enslaved to how we have been taught to respond to things in an inappropriate way. Right. right. We you, have the choice. Yeah. Would you, would you say that we do the same thing it, like, like you take a marriage or you take a workplace where you are with other people and um, we, people can say 10 compliments about us and to us, but that one negative thing, we take that captive and we hang on to that and that replays over and over. And it makes a bigger deal in our life than the 10 things that we know that they say that is good about us or they say has not. So we can look at our why, like yeah. we can look at this as our spouse. Would you mm-hmm. say that plays a part in the whole captive thing too? Yeah, it can. Taking that thought captive. I, I think. I think. I think that speaks to how the brain, in a default way, views the world because we're designed to be defensive. Mm. Hmm. Um, our brain, the 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 limbic system, especially the amygdala, it's basically a threat detector. Interesting. And so huh. it's like okay. How much threat is here? And if we hear something that, that at face value is just painful, right? that doesn't settle well with us, our amygdala by, and I can, I think it's because the fall has ca- caused us to be very, ask, very yeah. defensive. Mm, and mm-hmm. we need to get, we need to talk about how the, the default setting for, for unforgiveness and bitterness is defensiveness and isolation. Yeah. And so if you, if you, if you, think about that where you say, okay, well, I hang on to the negative things. Some of that's personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of that's environment that you're raised in. Absolutely. And, and, but and all things said and done, if we tend to hang on and I'm that person, yeah. I got my family member told my family members told me when I was in college, I remember, I I remember exactly where we were. I remember what was on the table. I remember the day that we were there and they said, Ken, you're just a really negative person. Like it kind of went around the table. Wow. Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, that, I, I felt like I was on an intervention or something. <laughs> and, and, and it was true. Hmm. And I was like, okay, great. How do I fix it? Yeah. Um, and I developed this mindset of a negative. And my wife will even tell you that my, 
my default setting will tend to be a half empty mm -hmm. thing. And now I, since I've got my PhD, I'm like, no, nah, it's just analytical. But, <laughs> in, but that's, that's and right. she says, no, it's, you're just, that's garbage. You're still just you no know, negative. But, yeah. um, so I fight that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can, people can say, oh, you're the best or whatever. And even when I was playing sports, it, it didn't matter yeah. when that one thing was said to me. I, for some stupid reason that I know, I now know what it is. I embraced mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm. So you said the word. I, I think you're setting some people free here. When you use the word activation, we're not saying that when you feel when you're wronged, you don't get angry. Um, it, it's activated in you. Like, yeah. and so even when you're a follower of Christ, new life in Christ doesn't mean that you're emotionless. That's right. It means you still have these emotions. Yeah. So you know, the peaks and valleys in life. We're just trying to take responsibility for those valleys and recover from them quicker. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not just living in that valley of, but it's activated in us and then we choose what to do with it. Yeah. That's a brilliant synopsis. <laughs> That's really, really good. Good job, Kevin. Gee, thanks. Because <laughs> you, just, you just described how, how the ups and downs, which is, that's a state emotive reaction. So the highs and lows, mm -hmm. you know, your current state of being, right? So you, mm -hmm. the, everybody can, in their minds, I see a, a big cycle of it goes really, really high, goes really, really low, dips down, and goes back up. And that's exactly what happens. So we don't get to choose. Yeah, you're going to get ticked at your kids. Right. Yeah. You're going to get yeah. ticked at your spouse. Yep. You're going to get ticked at, at, at the people around yeah. you. People are going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but what we have to embrace as Christians mm -hmm. is that, we get to choose. We get to take that thought captive and we get to, it's our choice whether we want to react and go, I'm going to live in the pain of that, which is really what we're choosing. Well, I'm going to choose to live in that pain. Well, what the world? Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. sense when you say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm, I'm literally choosing pain. Yeah. Not that it's not painful. So, so the whole forgiveness process, most people like, uh, I'm, I'm going to go here for a second. If we need to get back to something else, that's fine. But most of the people think that if I, if I forgive somebody, then I'm condoning what's going on. Right. Right. I've, I've said, well, that's okay for some reason. Well, it's not okay. Cause when, when I teach people the forgiveness process, I'm like, look, wait a minute. No, you really were hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. That stung. You were betrayed by your spouse. They had an affair with, you know, on you. Right. That, that's right. one of the most painful things on the planet it's betrayal right and and so it makes sense that you are hurt that it's painful that you're angry that you're you you want to you know do mean things mm -hmm. um but at some point you get to choose again the intensity and duration of that right now, betrayal is one of the hardest ones. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Takes it's hard. Right. Um, there's, you know, when you're working with couples that, that have betrayal in their background, um, which that just seems to have come my way lately. Mm. Um, it's unfortunate. And uh, it takes patience all the way around. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, and I'd like to talk about that because I think sometimes maybe we get discouraged. We feel like, and I know in my own life, I've forgiven someone 70 times, seven times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even if the things are not happening, you know, they're, they're you know, they're not continuing to mm -hmm. hurt me, but those things in the past, mm -hmm. I've had to go back and forgive again and mm -hmm. again. It's 
talk about that process a little bit and maybe encourage people that feel like, hey, I have forgiven them. I just can't get over this or I've, I've done it. It's not a one and done deal. It's not a one-time thing with forgiveness. It seems like it is something that you do have to walk out continuously. Yeah, isn't it almost like a rewiring of, if you, yes. the longer you have held this bitterness and anger and yes. forgiveness, don't you have to go back and kind of rewire and start practicing something different? Yeah, so um, it's a common misconception. So I'm just, I'll just go, I'll, let, me, let me give you the three kinds of forgiveness that are in the literature. Okay. Um, that kind of helps explain. I'm going to get your point, Shane. Okay. It's absolutely, on, it's absolutely correct. So there's dispositional forgiveness, which is where we go, okay, uh, we think as a human being that forgiveness is a noble idea. Like, I think that, yeah, I think forgiveness is, is good. I think I've done some things that I need to be, that I want to be forgiven of. And so therefore, I, yeah, let's be forgiven with that. I, I think, right. I think it's a good idea. The second one is decisional forgiveness, which is where most people live their lives. It's been very influenced by, by the church mm -hmm. from, you know, like 300, the 300s, um, where it's decisional forgiveness, where I'm choosing, I'm making a, a volitional choice to give that person something they don't deserve, and that's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take, I'm choosing a different stance. Morally, I'm taking a different stance. Um, morally meaning I'm not going to be vindictive. Right. I'm going to be forgiving. I'm taking a, I'm choosing to take a forgiving attitude towards that person. Right. And so for the church for a long time, this is where I go, you know, most of the time churches teach forgiveness theologically appropriately, the, the, where it falls down and where we've, where we've, where we've suffered as, as Christians for so, so long is the church didn't know how to teach 70 times seven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you think 70 times seven, then that means that's not a, a, a one and done, like you said. Right. It's a process. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and that's so important that that we as as you know as pastors as clinicians that we help people understand that you're not going to feel like a million dollars when you say I forgive you for whatever. Right. Because um that's just not how the brain works. Remember right. spirit soul body. Right. The brain plays a part in this. Mm. The brain the brain is going to be activated until you tell it not to be activated. Hmm. Ooh, the brain is going to stay. So when you think of, and, I, and again, I've gone through the forgiveness, I've gone through this whole process, and that's why it's so near and dear to my heart. Right. It's been so regenerative to me in so many ways. When, when I begin to, to see that, that it was a process because I was a pastor for 19 years and I was hurt deeply mm. in the church world. Mm -hmm. And so I knew about decisional forgiveness. Right. And I was doing the 70 times seven, but I was still mad as I'll get out. Hmm. Like I could see the face. I could hear the name. Mm. Uh, and I would get activated again, but I'd done all the right things. Right. Right. And like, what's it? There's something wrong with me. 
I, I'm, I, I thought I knew that I was okay with Christ. I thought I've actually mm-hmm. thought I was a believer, but wait a minute, this forgiveness thing isn't working. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't working. I didn't, yeah. and I didn't know what was going on. And so as I, and as I began to see that this was really wrecking my life in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. uh, as part of a master's level paper that I got to write, I was like, wait a minute, forgiveness, there's a therapy for this? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Wow. <laughs> what in the world? And so I just dove in the deep end of this stuff and yeah. begin to study it and begin to work through it and begin to learn the process of 70 times seven, mm-hmm. which we don't talk about. That'd probably be a great book mm-hmm. title or whatever, mm-hmm. but there it's already, there's stuff already written about it. So um, right. decisional, we we that's decisional is where we 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 say that we forgive and as a good Christian, but then we get the text or we see a post on social media yep. or we see them at Walmart and we have a visceral, uh, emotional, physical response mm-hmm. to that person. And that's what would you call what what we call is kind of a buzzword these days, getting triggered. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And trigger is a big word. It's, it's I call it a TikToky word. Yep. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and, but for me and like, so, so I teach my, my students, I'm like, if you're in my class, don't use the word trigger. Like, I like that activated. I like that word. So I I say use activated because, because that, that's, that's literally what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's call it what it is. Let's not play into the, to the lingo pop culture uh, of TikTok, right? (laughs) So that, that's a no, no for me. Okay. Good. I'm glad we established that. Don't say trigger. Yeah. If you do, I'll be triggered. Triggered. I think I'm being triggered right (laughs) now. The word triggered triggers (laughs) Dr. Ken. Yeah. No. So um, if I can, if I can compliment you, I, I have never heard the 70 times seven um, used in that way. I've always heard and even taught and even my kids or even class or whatever that, forgive each time, like forgive over and over and over, turn the other cheek each time something is done Mm -hmm. to you. That's my, that was my thought and my process. Not that one big thing or one small thing could be done to you that created anger 20 years ago that you haven't forgiven. Mm -hmm. And when you choose to forgive, you may have to forgive that same thing that happened 20 years ago, 70 times seven. So that is interesting to me, and I love that. Yeah, so I think it's a both and. So yes. I think you do have to, because we have family members that we have to live with that aren't as healthy as maybe what they need to be. Right. And so, yeah, you know, they're going to be over at your house every other week. Or Thanksgiving. or Yeah, or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. whatever the whatever the cadence of that is. Yep. And so you're going to have to forgive that. But it's also for me, hmm. and and I, you know, I have some dear friends who said, well, you might be taking that out of context. I'm like, okay, well, until you can prove me that I'm wrong on this one, I think it's really close because I think that what that's teaching as much as you have to be willing to do it over and over mm-hmm. again, yeah. that, that teaches me, I need to have a disposition of forgiveness. No, mm-hmm. you're exactly right. I agree. Yeah. In other words, yeah. So it's like, it's not a mechanical, okay, well, I've, I got 490 chances at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 491, <laughs> I'm bouncing Checking out. them off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a develop because how else could Jesus describe the process of forgiveness mm-hmm. with the language, language that he had and with the, with the scientific knowledge that was just available to me? He obviously knew what was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, how am I going to break this down to a bunch of stupid fishermen <laughs> and a doctor 
and whatever. <laughs> so, and so he goes, okay, he, guys, 70 times seven. Yeah. You know, I know that's a lot. Just That just means you need to do it. Yeah. And for, for our listeners that maybe are not familiar with that story, it comes from scripture. It's Matthew 18, 22. And uh, Peter asks Jesus, which is, it's funny, it's ironic that it's Peter, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he asked Jesus, okay, so how many times... Uh, how do we, how many times do we forgive? How many times is appropriate? Seven times. And so Jesus kind of flips that on him. No, I say it's 70 times seven, which is a really, I mean, he's just, you know, again, to your point, it's not that we stop at 491. It's just, it's more than you think it's, we're going to have to forgive over and over again. Yes. Yeah. And so the decisional part is where we go. I've, I've chosen to take this, I've made a choice to forgive, and I'm going to take a forgiving stance toward that person. Yes. Yeah. So, but we we still get activated, and so uh, what really what really turned me around was I actually read the story of a guy named Everett Worthington, and so Ev Worthington he's uh, he's a like a professor emeritus at Virginia Virginia Commonwealth University, and he's been kind of the driving force, him and a guy named uh, Robert Enright have been the, the driving force in um, and de Blasio too, in forgiveness therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was born, a lot of research is born out of personal experience. So in 1996, his mother was murdered. Wow. He's a believer. Like wow. Ev Worthington is a, he's a, he loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, I'm, I'm going to decide to forgive. That's what I'm commanded to do in scripture. And he did, but this was back when they had newspapers and things like that. And so he would see the guy's picture in the newspaper or a story about the case or whatever, and he would become enraged. Wow. And so he began to ask himself, what's wrong with me or what's wrong with God? And I'm like, wait a minute, I've been asking that same stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I, the, my pain is different than his pain, but I was like, I'm asking the same questions. Yeah. So everyone goes, I'm going to research it. I'm a professor. That's what I do. Yeah. And so he he hops off into this and he says, I recognize that I hadn't yet reached, and this is the third one, I hadn't yet reached emotional forgiveness. Hmm. So if you think, what is for, what's the function of forgiveness? The function of forgiveness is to be at peace with God in our relationship. Yeah. Peace I give to you. Forgiveness is given. It's not earned. It's like, right. you know, right. like salvation and grace. We don't, yep. it's peace. He says, we don't really experience, we haven't really engaged in forgiveness and achieved emotional forgiveness until we feel peace. Well, what is peace? Well, it's the opposite of anxiety. Hmm. It's the opposite of fear. It's the opposite of anger. It's the opposite, essentially, of the fruit of the Spirit. So you go, okay, if I really want peace, then I need to get to the place where I've emotionally forgiven that person. Emotionally, yeah. Emotional forgiveness. So when 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 we talk about an event or a person and we get a visceral response, and visceral just as you know, that that feeling in our gut. Raw, kind of raw in our when when our nervous system right. activates. So you know, when, when, when the part of our nervous system that, that's our fight, flight, or freeze activates, that causes 
something to happen in, usually in our chest or in our gut, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in our, our shoulders, we just where we get tense. That's why I ask people, when you get angry or when you get anxious, where do you feel in your body? Yeah. Because that helps us as clinicians help them identify it. And then you begin to choose how much you're activated, right? Hmm. Uh, intensity and duration. So uh, they went through all this and they, they said, no, you can achieve emotional forgiveness, but it's not a one and done. It's a process. Mm, that's so encouraging. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you've struggled with this and you're thinking that either you're broken or, or you don't know enough about God or you're, you just, you know, you're, you're not as, as good of a Christian you need to be. Uh, I'm going to use that old Robert Newhart, Bob Newhart uh, skit <laughs> where he says, just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Be free. Be released. This is, this is Everett Worthington and Robert Enright and all the wonderful researchers that have mm. gone before me. Mm. And they've given us this gift of how to actually reach emotional forgiveness. Wow. And even though the scripture talks about it, you know, the, the Bible's a spiritual book. It's not a, it, it has some practical stuff in it, mm -hmm. but sometimes, and that's part of the difference between general revelation and, and specific revelation. We have a specific revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is how you come to salvation. But the general revelation is, okay, there are some other things that are of God, but not necessarily specific in scripture. And so for me, this is one of those things where, well, God gave some really devout Christians some insight and drive to figure out how to make this happen. And so that's why it's, it's, it's so important to help people understand, um, you know, the process of forgiveness. So I, when you say that, and I'm so glad you said to whoever's listening, because that's what we want to say. Yeah. Like when I heard you talk about your personal experience, that you got to a point now where those names or those people that hurt you, their names can come up or you can see them and you don't get that feeling anymore because of emotional forgiveness. Mm. I just think that speaks volumes to people who feel like there's no hope. Like they right. just think this happened to me and I keep forgiving and I keep forgiving and it's just, I'm just going to trudge through life this way. There is a point that can come. There is yeah. going to be emotional forgiveness. Um, we just need to learn yeah. how to do that. How to walk yeah. it out. You, you, can, you can take my personal example as, 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 as something that you could get, well, if, if, you know, if King can do it, maybe I could too. Yeah. Uh, there are thousands of people that have done this process across the world, mm -hmm. different languages, and the results are strong. Mm. And it's not, this isn't, you're like, well, wait a minute. You're talking about, you're talking about scientific stuff. I'm talking about scientific stuff born out of scripture. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this isn't, this isn't Freudian. This yeah. isn't th that kind of, oh, Jesus you know, was that, talking about this 2000 years before yeah, all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much, it's like yeah. I, I was talking with, you know, with the Lichfers and Pastor Jason, there's so much good psychology in the I scripture. I love that line. I love that line. And, and, you know, like take every thought captive. What a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. um, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Um, you know, it, well, that just the renewing of your mind part, uh, you know, before I think, I, and you can speak more um, into kind of the dates, but prior to a certain period, we thought that, you know, our brains were fixed. 
and you couldn't rewire. You couldn't change the way you think, and your brain is the way that it is. And now, lo and behold, psychology says, no, your brains are malleable, and, and, and they can be rewired, uh, which is what scripture said from the beginning. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah. Like, it took functional MRIs and, you know, Harvard PhDs to figure that stuff out. Like, no. <laughs> Um, I, th I feel like Paul was just a, I feel like he was a brilliant person, mm -hmm. just knowing what we know about him right. and the way that he writes. And if you're, if you, if you're pretty smart, typically you can observe and come to good conclusions. Yes. And he was like, wait a minute, I'm looking at people. How many people, well, first of all, his own transformation, mm -hmm. radical mm -hmm. transformation, right. radical changing of how he thought about the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you you look at how he saw so many people radically change. He says, "So wait a minute, if these people are changing how they think, act, and feel, and the gospel's at the core, the core of it, then maybe that's kind of a thing." Yeah, right. And he didn't understand. He was a neuroscientist, but it, it's a thing. It's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this so. is probably a great time just to let people know who are listening that. You know, you may be hearing all this and going, okay, I'm struggling with this, with forgiveness, or I know someone who is, how, what do I do? Yeah. And one That's of the cool benefits that we have is that Dr. Ken is a member here at Bethlehem Church and loves the church and is actually going to lead a small group this semester. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, I think we've talked about eight weeks long. Um, yeah. And the at the bottom of the show notes here, you registration is open for this group. Yes. Um, you can go ahead and register today. And we'll get the information to you of how to, again, about this group. But this group is about forgiveness and this forgiveness process. So, yeah, you will go through the forgiveness process. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, uh, it's something that uh, this particular, it's so good. It's so cool. Um, I'm so glad that the Lord allowed me to go through what I went through mm -hmm. and I've gone to where I've gotten to be in that Ev Worthington developed this. So I'll be using Ev Worthington's reach model. Okay. Uh, and uh, now I'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's a, uh, there's like one week of setup and six weeks of work. And then a kind of like a, an outro, if you will, for the eighth week. Right. Um, and, you know, We'll ba we're basically going to cover the the biblical foundation for each of the five steps, and then the real work is when you go home, you're going to do some homework, and you're going to you're going to sit with yourself and with God and with your pain, and you're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. And here's the here's the thing that that really kind of blows people's minds when I, when I give them the, the stuff in, in a counseling session, I say, so at the end of this process, here's what's going to happen. It's not, did I forgive that person? Yes or no circle one. <laughs> it's what percentage zero to a hundred percent of emotional forgiveness have I accomplished so far? Hmm. Oh. That I just go, my mind just goes like that yeah. because and people's mind goes like that because wait a minute, you're saying that if I just get 5% emotional forgiveness, I'm like, yeah, well, you're 5% closer than you were. It's progress. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you keep doing it, then you will achieve emotional forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You, I'll say that again. If you do this, first of all, because it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Second of all, because it's scientifically, I don't, we never use the word proven as researchers, but the evidence is exceedingly strong mm-hmm. that you will obtain emotional forgiveness. Mm. It's just, that's how it works. And, and here's, here's one thing that, oh man, if you're like me, most of us sitting in this room are, and people listening, you say, God, just take away this pain. Mm-hmm. God, I want to forgive, but God, just take away this pain. Well, that's noble and it's okay. And God will listen to anything that we pray. But sanctification, like Pastor Jason said, sanctification is a work of God and a work of ours. Yeah. Yes. Our cooperation requires yeah. when our he cooperation. Said that, when he said that in the sermon, I was like, how much do I love Pastor Jason? <laughs> it was just so good. He's pretty cool. Um, and and it was a it was a it's a great statement because it's so true. Yeah. Sanctification is is a work of God. Like you said, reconciliation, ultimate reconciliation is, is a work of is a work of Christ, right? Right. And so that's that vertical thing that he talked about. Mm-hmm. But the horizontal thing, mm. th- that part of reconciliation, we don't get to control the other end of that. Right. But as far as it concerns us, so far, if at all possible, mm-hmm. like he said from Scripture, then we need to do our work. And if we do our work, we're going to achieve that. Because yeah. God isn't the God of fear, anger, frustration, bitterness. Mm-hmm. He's a God of peace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And joy and love. Good. And I, it's so important that we talk about this because God is relational. He created us to be relational and these things are going to come up. And so in so far as it depends on us, like we said, I, we are relational beings and to live at peace with everyone. It is God honoring. And we follow Jesus's example. He was wronged. He was betrayed. He was crucified and he chose to forgive, mm. forgive them father. Mm-hmm. For they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And that that is, I'm like, okay, God, you you forgave me, you forgave others. I can I can do this because you've empowered me. You've given mm-hmm. me the strength to do it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us and can help us in this process. Yeah. You just have to you have to be willing to do your part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's uh and it takes a while. You know, if you've been really, really hurt. You're like, no, I kind of like vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) Feels kind of good to hang on. That's our default setting. It makes sense. People say, I can't, you know, I can't forgive them yet. I'm like, I get it. At some point, you're going to need to choose something different unless Mm -hmm. you want to be miserable the rest of your life. Right. And make make everyone else around you miserable. Yeah. Which is that uh, the root of bitterness that defiles many. Yeah. See, the so. So I wasn't just miserable and my blood pressure wasn't just up and all the things were happening to me. My wife and my kids were unfortunately reaping Mm -hmm. the ugly part Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. And that's when it, that's when I came to my existential, it was like 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. I was like, yeah, that, that, this is not good. I feel like junk and my family's bearing the brunt of a lot of it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm choosing to operate differently as a human being. That's good. It's great stuff. That's and really. I good. would also just that you talked about the sermon series is a great sermon series on hurt. Yeah. Um, we'll have the link to the whole sermon series right. in the show notes as well. Because if you haven't heard it, you need to go back and listen to it. And there is a video where uh, Dr. Ken is in there sharing some of this stuff. Not as not near as much detail um, yeah. as we have today. And this is we're still just scratching the surface. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. You know. Man, I know. I, I'm like, we need to have Dr. Ken on more so we can continue this conversation well, it's not for the podcast just for us in the room <laughs> <laughs> i know you just gave us all a good good counseling session <laughs> yeah and so just for so that people understand with the whole um group that that i'll be leading yeah it's not psychotherapy right. it's not what we're doing it's not group psychotherapy. this is more so it technically qualifies as a psychoeducation group mm. So, yeah, you're going to learn about your, you're going to learn some stuff about how the brain works and how, and a lot of the stuff of what I talk about mm-hmm. is in the course that we're going to go, the, the, the stuff that we're going to cover, because I learned from Ev Worthington. I learned from Robert Enright. I learned from de Blasio. So I'm, I'm basically regurgitating what I've been taught. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be in there. But because, because it's a church setting and, you know, here's the thing. All the documentation, all the materials for the class, Ev Worthington just gives away on his website. Wow. He wow. can make buku money, but he's like, no, this is a kingdom thing. This is forgiveness. I'm giving this away. So th- there's there's no material cost to you. Hmm. Um, and and uh, here's the other part. So I've talked about that. The other thing is, is this is, this is a special, spiritual process that's informed by good science. Right. Mm. Let me just make sure yeah. that that's, that that's the, where you're coming at from this. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I have to watch about dual relationships, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it can be kind of messy, but as I set it up like this, it's like, look, we're going to, we're going to be involved in the sanctification process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to do discipleship. That's right. And we're going to do things that have been born out of the heart of Scripture and that if you engage it, man. And see, that here's the whole thing. The goal isn't for, for, for me to, to be the guy. Um, teach it to your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you go through it, you, you, don't, you don't should have, be able to lead so it. So here, here's an interesting point in the research. They actually researched if if this if this course is taught by a master's level student or above or somebody that's trained in psychology counseling and above, and it's taught. And then on the other hand, if it's taught by just a layperson, like any one of you guys, which you guys are like like really high functioning lay people, you're staff people, so you're not lay people. But anybody that's not anybody that's not in the clinical world, they did a comparison between groups led by clinical and just non-clinical lay people. Mm-hmm. There's no significant difference in the wow. outcomes. Wow. The work is the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's proven. Because it has nothing to do with the leader. It has everything to do with your engagement in the process. Wow. That's good. That is really good. That's so so just, encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's Dr. Kinley. No, I'm just doing it because I'm the one with the information right now. And you're facilitating. I'm facilitating. Mm-hmm. And at some point, 
if you do this, there's actually, you know, uh, he has a he has a, a two hour worksheet. That's what I give to all my clients. At some point, when you go through this six weeks process and you, you've learned it, then I'm going to give you the link to that that two hour worksheet and go through it with your family. Wow. Because awesome. this has been done as far down as adolescence. It's wow. even done with kids. That's awesome. So it's, it's, it's teaching them the, the process of being a forgiving human being. Mm. Mm. That's good. And that's, that's what we want. That's what we, we want to follow and obey Jesus's word to forgive one another. So, well, Dr. Ken, thank you so much yeah. for your yeah, time. You so I, I, we, I honestly could just keep going, but uh, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, thank you all for listening. And if you have any questions, uh, please reach out to us. And um, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.